Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, August 30th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, this is an annual tradition for me. My mother very infrequently listens to our podcast. She does occasionally, but nonetheless, I will say happy birthday, Mom. It's my mom's birthday today. Tomorrow she is uh, flying up to Ohio with my sister and my nephew uh, to visit my grandmother. So I guess my dad and I are going to be watching the first Ohio State game of the year by ourselves. But happy birthday to my mom. Uh, She's our, our number one fan, even if she only listens a couple times a month. Uh, Ohio State's not flying her in for some coaching tips. <laughs> uh, we're not even going to go there. <laughs> okay. First up in the news, West End Hamilton welcomes some speciale guests. Uh, yes, I, I believe it's uh, there's some sort of formal proclamation we have to do before we read this story. But I will say, uh, this is coming in, uh, I'm just seeing this right before we started recording, but the Duke and Duchess of something or other, I can't find what they're the Duke and Duchess of, but nonetheless, Prince Harry and uh, his wife, Meghan Markle, attended a special gala at, the, at, at Hamilton's uh, West End production last night at the Victoria Palace. It was a special gala for the Centibel charity, uh, which Prince Harry co-founded in 2006, that aims to raise money for children affected by HIV in Southern Africa. Markle is a big fan of the show. She's posted before about attending uh, Hamilton in uh, in New York. Obviously, she's a former actress, an American actress. So she's uh, been there before. And what the coolest thing is, and I don't I mean, I, uh, I mean, it makes sense, but I didn't really think about it. Prince Harry is a direct descendant of King George the third. Ah. And after the show, Prince Harry got on stage. And saying you'll say he's saying the first two words of, you uh, of you'll be there. Yeah, you say he's saying the first two words and then he stopped and, you know, made a joke about it. But he had a very nice speech and thanked the cast. Hamilton had some very complimentary things to say about the company. Uh, but he teased everybody with uh, singing the first two words of the song. Uh, but it was fun. I uh, uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more video. We have a video of his his speech. Obviously, it's a uh, after the curtain call and it's for his charity. Everybody's there probably paid an absurd amount of money. Uh, to be there, but a, a nice, uh, a nice speech and a very cool thing. Uh, Lynn and his wife Vanessa sat next to the Duke and Duchess, and uh, pretty cool, uh, pretty cool event for everybody in attendance. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Sussex, that's it. I knew it. I'm looking at a page six article, and of course, page six doesn't mention what they're the Duke and Duchess of. So, why did I rely on page six to give me something like that? But yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, headliners are announced for the fourth annual Elise Fest. Elsie. Elsie. Did I read that wrong? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Headliners are announced for the fourth annual Elsie Fest. Yes. On Tuesday, it was announced that the fourth annual Elsie Fest will take place on Sunday, October 7th at Central Park Summer Stage in New York City. And the first round of performers were revealed. In addition to the fest's founder, Darren Chris, who will be joined by his Glee co-star, Alex Newell, uh, or Newell. Uh, I don't know that I've ever really gotten that one right because I don't I've never 
confirmed it either way uh anyway so two-time tony winner sutton foster will also be one of the lead performers and her violet co-star tony nominee joshua henry will be as well those headliners will be joined by special guests rufus wainwright the flash himself grant gustin who also appeared on glee and was a jet i think he was action in the last national tour of west side story they will be joined by tony nominee and original ariel jody benson uh also featuring uh also featured at the fest will be be more chill the prom uh and <laughs> the up cast of the upcoming christmas zombie musical i kid you not it's a real thing and i'm so excited about it it's called anna and the apocalypse it's a british zombie christmas musical which is sounds all kinds of awesome but <laughs> james presale tickets will be available beginning next wednesday you can sign up for your presale code at lcfest.com and we'll have a link in the show notes of course General on sale will be available a week from tomorrow, September 7th at 10 a.m. New York time. James, every year that they do this, they've gotten a little bigger. They've gotten some more stars. Um, This is turning into a legit thing. Like this is I remember Darren Chris doing interviews and stuff for the very first one. And this is uh, turned into quite the extravaganza uh, in the early ish fall uh, up in New York. Yeah. That is really cool. That's quite a collection of people that we've got going on there. And uh, hopefully that will be as much fun as it looks like it's going to be. But you said the Christmas Zombie Musical, and I was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. But you know what else I saw today that was really interesting? Is it going to be something to do with bees? Uh, so close, close to being about bees, <laughs> but I'm going to move two letters down in the alf- alphabet to the D's where the, uh, the recut of the Mrs. Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, trailer to be a horror <laughs> flick. Yeah, I tweeted, I tweeted about that yesterday. Yeah, Deep Tran, uh, <laughs> <laughs> tweeted about it and then you retweeted it and I was like, that is really cool. The Mrs. Doubtfire is a horror flick, is hysterical and it's that's fun. what they should do with the musical. Seriously? I said on yesterday's show, I didn't really care for the idea of a Mrs. Doubtfire movie as much as I love the film. That would make me like it a lot more. If you want to see it, it's in my Twitter feed. Another one completely tangential to that. Another one that actually, I think, influenced future events, a kind of a recutting. It shows that the Karate Kid movie, yeah. Daniel-san, is actually the villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen and that what's inter- That's been around for years. And yeah. then – What's interesting is YouTube Red, which is like their subscription TV channel, they brought back um, the, uh, the, the whole franchise with a series called Cobra Kai, and Daniel is the bad guy in that, which I think is <laughs> brilliant and so cool that like this internet meme you know, gave birth to a new series uh, in a new way of looking at those films. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, this is Doubtfire horror movie. That's totally a cost-efficient nut. All right. Uh, so, what do we have in the <laughs> what do we have in the recommendation section? Well, this is a recommendation in the fact that I think you should read it. It is not a recommendation <laughs> in anything where I agree with almost a single word that was written in this article. What it is, it's from the New York Times, and the headline is, Can Critics Learn to Love the Jukebox Musical? It features uh, the normal New York Times critics, Jesse Green and Ben Brantley, as well as someone who I've said for years is one of my favorite critics, Elizabeth Vincitelli, along with the arts editor at the Times, Scott Heller. And basically, they talk about why they all hate having fun. 
and why they all hate jukebox musicals. There are a few minor exceptions in there, um, but for the most part, they hate everything that has to do with popular music coming to Broadway. And it was really revealing to me when Jesse Green said this, and it made me realize that the appreciation that he has for theater is different than what I think most people do. This is a guy who is one of the two chief critics at the paper of record. And he didn't know what Smokey Joe's cafe was. He said, you know, he's clarifying. It's, it's probably not technically a, a jukebox musical, which I agree with. He said, it's a review. And as I was surprised to find a good one, what <laughs> Smokey Joe's cafe ran for like, I don't know. I don't know if it ran a decade, but it, it was ran forever on Broadway at a time when he was of adult theater going age and he didn't know it was a review or a good one. What? And then you've got Brent Ben Brantley who said, uh, following up with that, I haven't seen this un- incarnation, but I did review the original Broadway production two decades ago. And I thought it was a harbinger of worse to come. What? Why can we not have fun with anything? I mean, I was disappointed because Elizabeth Vincitelli pretty much hated all the jukebox musicals as well. Although she said she enjoyed um, Jersey, the way that Jersey Boys and Beautiful structured their narrative, uh, even though she didn't necessarily like the shows themselves. Um, You know, but when it comes down to it, like I said, I don't love most jukebox musicals, but I understand why they are enjoyable. Jesse Green said, quote, I'm happy for people to find pleasure in the theater however they can, but I keep looking for the jukebox musical that will bring to the genre the level of skill we see in shows like Fun Home and Dear Evan Hansen and the band's visit. I watch way too many of these jukeboxes, either whether comic or serious, and find myself saying, couldn't they do better than that? You know what? I watch a lot of theater uh, that's not based on not based on a pre-existing songbook, and I think, Couldn't they do better? We really, you know, we have jukebox musicals, of course, and there's more of them every year, but they're not like 50% of the shows out there. I see a lot of bad things that aren't based on, on existing song catalogs. And it just, everybody in this article comes off badly. As far as I'm concerned, (laughs) Ben Brantley did say something that I do agree with though. On the other hand, the pure klutziness of Mamma Mia is what makes it a strange work of genius. It picks up the inner karaoke demon in all of us. I agree. I I think Mamma Mia is one of the most enjoyable things I've ever seen, even though it is probably one of the most oddly and bizarrely constructed things um, you will ever find on a stage. So I I don't know, James, this just annoyed me because it, it, it reeks of classism and you know, this this feeling of intellectual, um, you know, inferiority that critics often feel for anything that doesn't rise to their academic standards. And it just I, I feel like that's turning people off from theater. That attitude is something that actively keeps people away from buying tickets to see something in the theater. And that's not what we want from our critics. We want critics to be able to meet the the pieces that are there. And, and explain and evaluate them for what they are, not by, by looking their nose down at everything just by the way it's constructed. And I will say, I was a little annoyed, too, with Elizabeth Vincitelli, who said, quote, you could argue that there are lots of Sondheim jukebox musicals. No, you can't. You absolutely cannot. You cannot. You can say there are Sondheim reviews. You can say there are Sondheim trunk shows. You cannot have a jukebox musical for songs that are written for the theater. Jukebox musicals are of songs that were written to be played on a jukebox 
or a radio or to to on popular on popular radio. That's what a jukebox musical is. Crazy for you is not a jukebox musical. It's a trunk show. Um, nice work if you can get it. A trunk show. Um, uh, uh, Marry me a little is a review or a trunk show. I, I just I have a headache, James. <laughs> oh, Matt. Drink some cold water and have some Advil. Smokey <laughs> Joe's Cafe ran for 2,036 performances from yeah. 1995 to 2000. Had seven oh, of those. Years. No. 1995 to 2000. Oh, oh 95. Years. I said 85. Yeah, yeah, sorry. 95 to 2000. Two, uh, 2,036 perfor- uh, performances. Seven of those Tony Award nomination things. And directed by Jerry Zaks. So, uh, surely... That was not in the written quiz given to him when he applied for the job at the New York Times. Um, no, I have written? something. I'm, <laughs> no, I have something, but I'm not. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> okay, Matt. What other news do we have? Uh, okay, a couple things real quick. Yesterday it was announced that a special recording of the off-Broadway hit musical The Other Josh Cohen will be released on October 19th and that it will have a star of or a host of stars from stage and screen. Featured on the album will be six-time Emmy winner Hank Azaria, two-time Tony winner Sutton Foster, Tony winner James Monroe Iglehart, as well as Tony nominees Brian Darcy James, Richard Kind, Jen Colella, more on her in a second, Celia Keenan-Bolger, John Ellison Conley, uh, as well as Queen Elsa herself, Casey Levy, Psych star James Roday, which is awesome. I love Psych and and a number of other people um, that will be available again on October 19th and timed well for the off-Broadway return of the other Josh Cohen. And finally, back to Jen Colella, she will be joining uh, Chalina Kennedy, Ariana DeBose, Geneva Carr, Katie Huffman, Jill Paste, uh, Caitlin Coonan, Amber Amon, and more in an all-female reading of the classic play. Actually, it was a screenplay, a, a TV movie turned into a play, 12 Angry Men. The reading will take place on September 16th at Theater Row and, doing my journalistic best, in an effort of full disclosure, the reading is being produced by Broadway Radio's own Laura Class Schneider. A uh, limited number of tickets are available at 12womennyc.com. Of course, we will have a link in the show notes where you can find that, as well as information on any or all of these stories. Yeah, uh, so Lauren Class Schneider has been working on this for a while, and it, this is the beginning of, well, I'll let her announce the rest of it. <laughs> but it's oh. there's some big stuff happening beyond this it's really very very cool all right matt why don't you get us out of here all right thanks for listening to today on broadway follow us on facebook and twitter at broadway radio and you can find me on twitter and instagram at bww matt and my name is james marino from broadwayradio.com and broadwaystars.com thanks for spending some of your thursday with us and matt and i will come back and get you into the long weekend tomorrow <laughs> Thank you.